0: Hi, welcome to Diary of a Sex Therapist. My name is Elizabeth Aquaini. Such an awesome opportunity to have you listening every single week. And I am grateful because if you were not listening, there will be no podcast. Yeah, I would put out the content, but then there'll be no feedback. I wouldn't know what I need to improve on. So thank you so much for joining me on this journey to be spiritual, smart, and sexy. Welcome. All right, so last week we did start the series, Staying in Your Call. And it was an extensive one. So this topic is something I'm really passionate about. I have a book coming out on the topic. There's a devotional coming up. It's something I'm very, very keen on. Because as I stepped out in my field as a sex therapist, one of the things I struggled with was, one, believing God had called me here. Two, Choosing to stay here. Three, refusing to let people move me out of here. And trust me, that happened like every single month. Every month I escaped it, it was going to happen like within the quarter. Someone was going to have a very strong opinion. Someone I held in high esteem was going to do something, say something, query what I do. And it still happened this year as a matter of fact it still happened last month where someone I really respected someone who hadn't spoken to me in a while came and asked are you really supposed to be doing this and I became so confused all of a sudden like yeah right lord right (laughs) it sounds stupid that I would be asking yeah but that's how I felt okay am I not supposed to this is someone who is Come on, Liz, are you not supposed to be doing this? And this person wasn't even saying you're not supposed to. But it was just the strength of the question, the consistency of the question that got me in doubt, that I couldn't even believe anymore, okay? And so it was important that I went back to the Father to ask, Okay, Lord, I have been teaching on the topic, staying in your call for quite a bit. I've been studying on it. I've been believing and releasing my faith. Why am I not believing this time around? Why am I questioning? And it became obvious that I was getting distracted already. I was getting distracted by a few other things. And so when this person came around, there was doubt and anxiety in my heart. And you trust how the devil is very excited to lash onto something within us, especially something within us that does not trust the father. And that was exactly what was happening. And I knew, no, 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 I have to recalibrate to the God spot. On this situation, I have to recalibrate to the God spot. And I had been praying that period for resources to launch into the deep on some projects i felt the Lord. i didn't just feel i knew the lord was saying launch into the deep on and after a while i became so focused on resources i felt like lord if resources did not come you didn't call me and that cannot be my stance it should never be my stance a place where i have to say oh lord if this does not happen then i'm not a child of god or if this does not happen i'm not a woman of god that should not happen And so I was already beginning to have those doubts, those distractions. And so when this question came, it became an issue. So for some of us, I'm going to be trashing today the topic of distraction while staying in your call. Distraction while staying in your call. Last week, we talked about how to understand your call, how to step into it, some of the reasons, some of the things we do that does not allow us to stay, how where we stay is important. Now, what are some of the things that can pull us out, pull us out of that place the Lord has called us to be? One of it is looking for the opinion of other people. This part, it takes courage, it takes faith, it takes great understanding for opinions not to move you. Because we are humans, we are community beings. It doesn't matter how much you think you like isolation. There are people whose opinions still hit you. Sometimes they are as far as tall strangers. Sometimes they are the people we love. Sometimes they are family members. Sometimes they are friends we are vulnerable with. All right. But at every single phase of life, there's a place where someone's opinion counts. For me, one of the people, like some of the people I knew whose opinions counted the most with fellow christian counsellors oh my god i was so young and they were so up there they knew what they were doing they were being all psychotherapists all using cultural methods they had this whole thing figured out also i felt they had this whole thing figured out in my mind like ah, so these guys are just so fluid at, with this thing today they have this testimonial of this client that they worked with and how this process is to take them three hours and now it takes them 30 minutes and so every time i have to do something i'm going to them and so what do you think emma what do you think i wasn't chasing the opinion of outsiders i had moved on from the opinion of outsiders from the beginning because i knew the average person would not understand why i needed to be a sex therapist so somehow i had created a measure of defense against outside opinions if you don't practice you don't have a c at least that was my stance at the beginning you don't have a c you don't understand the rigor of being at my duty post you cannot be making contributions to it you cannot be talking it down because you don't even know what it is But when I came into a community of Christian counselors, mind you, these people were the ones who helped me recover the most. I had been trying to heal from certain emotional hurts for years before I met them. And they fast forwarded my journey by about three years. They crushed that journey. They crushed my healing process. I had this counselor speaking faith. I had the other counselor running um, sessions. I had the other counselors. Like it was back to back. The speed of my healing was even shocking for me. So, You should understand how emotional I felt around them. I felt at every given point that I needed to be obedient to them. But after a while, I came into a subservient role. If what I wanted to do, I felt they were not going to approve of it. I did not want to do it. No, this is not being Mm disregarding. Bible says in a multitude of counsel, there is safety. Now, there is the place of the multitude of counsel. But there's also the place of not looking at the wind or the cloud. I'm talking about looking at the wind and cloud now. Is when, for example, your job is to be a worship minister. And then you're looking at someone in the congregation who wasn't dancing when you were singing. Someone who wasn't raising up their hand and you're wondering, am I not singing right? Is am I not worshiping God? And so in that moment, you get disconnected. Because you're trying to look at this one person in a crowd of hundred who is not responding the way you think they should respond. And that person might just be locked in worship in their own way. But you've been distracted. Distraction is not usually very large. It's not when you decide, oh, okay, I'm not going to be a therapist again. I'm going to go and become a full-time writer. No, that's not what makes you distraction. What makes it a distraction is that in a moment, in a season where you're supposed to be present at your duty post, you are not entirely there. Emphasis on entirely. You're either not emotionally present, you're not spiritually present. There's something missing, something really tiny. That's a distraction. It doesn't outrightly take you out of the duty post. It just does not let you deliver your 100%. And sometimes they can be good things. They can be really good things, but they are not God things in that moment. So how are you, how are people's opinions affecting where the Lord has called you to be? You stopped singing because someone said you had a bad voice when the Lord has said, go and sing. Or I will cause you to sing before the nations. If the person's opinion was actually right that you had a bad voice, what trainings have you taken? Or you just took the person's feedback and you walked away and say, oh, I'm not doing again. I can use music and writing because those are my artistic spaces. For some of us as writers, you know the Lord would have you write. Then you sent your book to a publisher and the publisher beat it down with words. And so you took the publisher's opinion and you quit the place the Lord has said you should stay at. For some of us, it was someone's expression. If I got money for every time someone made a face, every time I told them I was a sex therapist, or every time someone made a mocking comment, or every time someone had a different opinion, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing. And this all happened last week or so. I remember a friend introduced me to someone else and said, Hi, meet Elizabeth, she's a sex therapist. Next question is Do you have sex often? Uh, that conversation was not the issue. It was the expressions that came with it, the all the other conversations that was going to come after. I had seen it severally. Those things, if we don't take care, they will distract us. And so it becomes important that we understand whose opinions count the most. So if you're like me, you're a listener, I can talk from morning till night, but I can listen for the exact same duration, if no more. This is something the Lord has been training me to do over the years. And so when people say things, I hear, I hear them. I hear them really loud. I hear them in caps lock magnified. I hear them really, really loud. And I have a good slash bad habit of meditating on words. So you can imagine when someone says something contrary, how I will go back and ruminate. And it's possible that you're like me. You go back and ruminate on how this person thinks. Someone said to me recently, quit what you're doing get a federal government job maybe in 10 years you come back and try again in 10 years really in 10 years i will be 35 going to 36 in 10 years like i should pause what the lord has said i should do what i know i should be doing i should pause it and go and get a federal government job and then come back in 10 years because this person feels i cannot succeed that's the person's opinion If we don't take care while staying at our duty post, people will throw words, people will throw expressions, people will throw actions, people will give us reactions that will distract us. It becomes important that we go back for the opinion of the master. The second thing I'm going to talk about is not trusting your instrument. I did an extensive writing on this in the free book that is coming up from my team strategizing with god yes that's the title strategizing with god it will be available for free on the website really really soon in a week or two it to be available so you can go download it strategizing with god has a whole part of it i was talking about trusting your instrument for many of us we don't trust our instruments if you're like me you don't trust your instruments You probably have a tendency to do stuff excellently. When you pick something, you do it so well. And so at every given point, you are chasing excellence so bad that you can disregard everything along the way. You can disregard the process. You can Oh, God. Oh, God. I know how this used to affect me at the beginning. And it took the Lord a while. And it took. A senior colleague of mine to shout me down one of those days to stop it. He didn't shout on me, literally. He, the words the words felt like they were screaming at me. It was on WhatsApp. It felt like the words were screaming at me. Like, stop chasing it. David was to go before Goliath. And the king of Israel, a man who the Bible describes to have been taller than Israel by his shoulder and head. Taller than everybody. Who is a man of war? who was king, took his uniform for battle and gave it to David. First of all, that armor was going to be bigger than David. I mean, Saul was way bigger than David. And gave it to David to use it against Goliath because he felt David needed the shield and the helmet and the sword and all of those things to go to battle. That was Saul's opinion, one. But David knew his instrument. David knew it was not the sword and the shield that was the victory. David knew his instrument was even the name of the Lord. It was not even really the sling and stone. Because when David began to recount his testimonies, he did those things with his hands. So David knew he had the name of the Lord for an instrument. David also knew that there is a particular instrument he has that he walks with that the Lord uses. His sling and his stone. For some of us, our techniques are not, they're not popular techniques. What you're doing may be popular, but how you do it is not popular. How you do it is not the norm. And so people don't really like it. People have opinions about it. And so somehow you're beginning to pick the opinions of people and you're beginning to attach it to your instrument. I write, I sing, I'm a songwriter, I'm a poet. When I write about the things I do, a lot of times people will not approve of it. Because first of all, they don't even understand why I'm being a sex therapist. So even though writing is popular, they don't understand why I should write on the topic. I released one of my poetry books recently, Monostitch Love. Monostitch Love was just for fun, funny enough. It was one line of love poems, 40 love poems. Someone saw that entire book and the person did not say a word, no congratulations, nothing. Then the person saw about the author, read my entire bio, did not say a word (laughs) until this person came to the sentence, the phrase, spiritual, smart, and sexy. And the person had a problem with just the word sexy in the entire book. I mean, you just saw this book. You didn't even say, oh, congratulations on your book release. You didn't say anything. You saw my profile. You could have jumped. No, this person's only problem was the word sexy. That why should sexy be there? People would always have opinion. People would always talk down your techniques. People would always talk down your instruments. People would tell you that you're not doing it well. People would tell you you could have done it this way. Mind you, they can't do what you're doing. And even if they can't do what you're doing, they can't do it with the techniques you do it with. They can't do it with the precision you bring to the table. There's something different about the way you do it. Your boss may be a therapist who is very logical, who comes with all of psychotherapy and neuroscience. You might be someone who is actually more emotionally connected with your clients. While your boss might do what he does exceptionally well with his technique, you will be stressed not leaning on your emotional strengths with clients. During physiotherapy, your colleague might actually be able to rehabilitate people with his own technique and you might be able to do it by using music to help their gait. Don't drop your technique, don't drop your skill set, don't drop your anointing, don't drop your instrument because of the opinion of someone. If David can disregard the opinion of a king, I can disregard whatever opinion someone has and recalibrate to the God spot. Do I get distracted? Yes, we will all get distracted at one point or the other. We will chase after the opinion of someone. We will chase after the approval of someone. We would even chase after our own approval. We would raise unnecessary standards for ourselves. We must be able to always recalibrate to the God spot on this matter. And then finally, on things that distract us while we're at our duty post, Oh, actually, two more. Undermining the miracle in what we do. I think I already stressed that in trusting your instrument. When you undermine the miracles, to undermine your miracles means to forget about your testimonies. The Bible says they were came by the blood of the Lamb and by the words of their testimonies. Testimonies are awesome, but you cannot not talk about them. It's impossible not to meditate on your testimonies. You will quickly forget where you came from. You will forget real quickly. You will forget real quickly. There was a time I had to get a diary called the do note. I didn't keep a to-do. I kept a do note for an entire year. What I was doing was at the end of the day, I was giving myself appraisal for what I achieved versus what I wanted to achieve. Because when you keep a to-do note, sometimes you're so under pressure that when you don't do those things, you feel like you were unproductive for the day. And interestingly, you might have done additional things that you didn't realize that were not in your to-do note. I began to keep a do note to give myself credit for the things I achieved. I keep a gratitude journal. Every other day I remember I go there and say, oh, thank you for this, this, this at the end of the day. When you go back to read that thing in a month, you are shocked. While you might not have helped 300 clients in a month, the one person you worked with actually left a traumatic relationship on your account. The one person you walked with actually walked out of abuse on the account of your friendship with them. The person finally had the nerve to confront a terrible situation on the account of the way you hold their hand, on the account of the way you fellowship with them, on the account of the way you pray for them. You cannot disregard those testimonies. When David came before Goliath, he began to recite his testimonies, the bear and the lion. He began to recount those testimonies. When Jehoshaphat was to go up against the kings, he began to recite before the Lord the testimonies of our God. When the children of Israel came out after the Red Sea and Miriam began to chant the praises of the Lord, she began to recount their testimonies. See, testimonies set you up for the next level. So if you disregard the miracles and you disregard the testimonies, you don't have the energy to power through for the next level. You don't. You don't. Your testimonies are like diesel. They're like fuel. They power you up. It's like going up the hill. That acceleration happens by your testimonies. It's the way you chant your testimonies and meditate upon them that powers you. And you realize that if I've been through this, I will go through that. If the Lord parted the Red Sea, he will break open the Jordan for me. If the Lord has done this, the Lord will do that. If the Lord took me out of Egypt, the Lord will do this. You have to be able to count those testimonies. I'm preaching already. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Getting intimidated by others. This is the final one. Getting intimidated by others. The opinions of people, disregarding your instruments, undermining your testimonies, and then getting intimidated by others. Some of us consciously even go looking for people to intimidate us. We think it's a growth technique. I know looking at people who are better than you inspires you to grow. (laughs) Inspiration is different from intimidation, guys. Okay, sorry, it might be a woman listening. intimidation is not inspiration it is not it is absolutely not when i inspire you i i charge you to want to do more i charge you to come alive in the places you've been dead when i intimidate you i cause you to swallow your voice i make you want to be silent and someone intimidates you with the way they dress you suddenly feel like you don't dress like you don't even have an existing wardrobe at all when you meet someone who sings and they intimidates you and they give you the microphone after that person see one of two things happen you either blank out or you try to become the replica of that person that's what intimidation does so to allow yourself to be intimidated by someone means you are deciding to either shut up or become their replica And we all know replicas don't succeed. Because there is a special anointing and a special grace on you to do what you were called to do. There is a special grace on you to do what you were called to do. To stand in that office. To stay in your call. When you see someone and you begin to say, oh, this person is better than me. Oh, this person does this better than me. It's good that you can pick what they are good at and learn from them. But when you suddenly find yourself trying to become that person. You suddenly find yourself dropping your instrument to pick up their instrument. You find yourself wanting to oh, how to explain this part. You find yourself wanting to impress them. You find yourself wanting to get the attention that is already on them. There's a problem. That's a distraction. Because you will be out of your duty post really soon. You would try to become them. You would leave your duty post and go there. Miriam had an issue with Moses and when they began to trash out this, you were supposed to marry a Jew, a Hebrew person, you didn't marry a Hebrew person, blah, blah, blah. The conversation landed on, God talks to us too. It meant Miriam at one point or the other had looked at Moses and felt, God talks to Moses, God talks to Moses. Now Moses is proud. She started getting intimidated. She still getting intimidated. And so, when you're intimidated, you begin to look at people with the eyes of, eh, they think they're better than me. They don't think they're better than you. It's just you who has the problem. It's just you. Absolutely, just you. So, if you need to go back to God to set your heart in order, it's important. It is absolutely important. I beg in the name of God. As you listen to this, Practice what you've heard. Pray about it. Study about it. Decide. Make up your mind to stay in your call. The free resource will be available at www.ministerliza.xyz forward slash store forward slash store we're going to have it strategizing with god go and read up on what it means to trust your instrument and a devotional is coming out a 30-day devotional is coming out by next month on staying in your call in that 30 days we're going to be working through specific issues with scriptural references and declarations and prayer points if need be on staying in your call stay in your call remember blessed until next week friday bye god bless you